Welcome to the Lean Blog Podcast. Visit our website at www.leanblog.org. Now, here's your host, Mark Graben. Hi, it's Mark Graben. Welcome to episode 456 of the podcast. It's September 14th, 2022. My guest today is Jake Stiles. He's the CEO of Stiles Associates. You'll learn more about him in a minute, but if you'd like to learn more about Jake and his firm, uh, you can find uh, all that and more in the show notes or go to leanblog.org slash 456. As always, thanks for listening. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Again, my guest today is Jake Stiles. He is the CEO of Stiles Associates. So we're going to learn more about uh, Jake and the work he does in his own lean journey. Uh, but for nearly three decades, Jake has played a key role in growing Stiles Associates uh, from being a niche recruiting agency to being uh, the premier lean executive search firm in the country. I would agree uh, with, with that assessment. So he's helped transform client organizations. He's placed top talent across a wide range of uh, industries and segments, including manufacturing, consulting, um, healthcare, and beyond. Um, so Jake has continued to build ties um, with thought leaders and, and to help spread lean um, throughout different industries. He served on uh, a number of boards, including AME, the Association for Manufacturing Excellence, and GBMP, the Greater Boston Manufacturing Partnership. Um, their website, you can learn more at leanexecs.com. And I just want to disclose, you probably heard the ad up front before the episode that Styles Associates has been a sponsor of the podcast since um, the beginning of 2021. So, uh, Jake, thank you for joining us here on the podcast. How are you? Good, good, Mark. Thanks for having me. So I think we have a lot to talk about today. Um, I think a lot that will be helpful for listeners, whether they're perhaps looking for a new lean role, whether they're looking to hire people uh, in leadership roles in, in their organization. Um, but before we talk about that, you know, Jake, I always like to ask guests, you know, tell us a little bit about your own lean origin story. Uh, you know, you kind of how and when you were introduced to lean and, you know, why this is important to you. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, so uh, my father, Lynn Stiles, started this firm back in 1991 after uh, several years as a partner in um, in other retained search firms global firms, and he wanted to start something on his own that was going to be um, uh, more personal, uh, you know, n- not not the uh, not the big players uh, that were uh, focused on, uh, you know, number of searches. And, and uh, he he uh, he wanted to have a more personal touch with his with his clients. So I joined him in, in uh, 1995 uh, and it was just he and I for a couple of years. And and uh one of the first assignments I worked on was building a um, uh, building a lean manufacturing consulting division for an existing company that had two other divisions, but the lean manufacturing division was going to be new, and it was uh, it, uh, there were three people involved in it at that point, and they were all ex uh, general managers managers from Toyota in Georgetown. Uh, that my father had known, and uh, so the the task was to, and and this firm was supporting um, the big three automotive uh-huh. at that time. Um, so the task was to um, uh, really understand what this firm was trying to accomplish, and then help them staff up. And so my job very quickly became 
basically living out of a suitcase in Lexington, Kentucky, uh-huh. uh, and recruiting people out of Toyota, JCI, and other tier one automotive companies that were going to join this firm and go support the big three. Uh-huh. And so my early journey was um, really focused around trying to attract top talent. And then once I got them on the hook, uh, meeting with them and, and Mark, at this point, it was, you know, some of these interviews with, with these guys. And, and at that point, they, they could have been 20 years my senior. Uh-huh. Um, these were uh, three to four hour interviews over dinner. Uh-huh. And I was a sponge. I just, uh, these guys would um, help me understand what good looked like, um, what good results looked like, uh-huh. uh, and just kind of kind of the ins and outs. They, they, they would bring me into the Toyota plant, show me around, and generally that's how I learned. You know, I started, uh, I just soaked it up. I, I had some, some great people that I met very early in my career that were very, very gracious with their time and, and very open. And uh, I, it just continued from there. And so we took that firm, that division from three to about 110 people over the course of three, three and a half years with offices in um, Michigan, Kentucky. And then we built out an office in um, London uh-huh. as well for them. And you know, so from that point on, I was hooked. You know, there were kind of two pieces to the story, right? You, you've got a client that comes to you and and they share with you their story, uh, basically their current state and where they're trying to get to. And they're they're sharing their pain points and they, they look at you and they say, we think you can help. Mm-hmm. We need your help in finding the right talent. Uh, and, you know, I was hooked, yeah. right? And, and I said, I'll jump in. And so that's really how it started for me. And, and it's just continued to evolve. Yeah. Uh, and I still have a lot of passion around helping companies. I, I still have a lot of passion around uh, going out and finding top talent and, and generally um, helping companies find the right fit. Uh, you know, 80 percent of its personality based, 20 percent is technical. Hmm. Right. And, and just helping companies identify, uh, identify the right transformational leadership to help them to get where they want to go. Yeah. Was it your father's intent? at the beginning to have a firm that was really focused on lean and, and TPS or did that just sort of fall into place? No, it was his intent. So even uh, when he was working in New York city for a large global firm, uh, his focus had been working with uh, small to mid-sized manufacturing companies at that point, he was doing a lot of sea level work for them. Uh-huh. And uh, the, the uh, you know, one of the initial searches that really, helped to um, uh, position us was he was hired by the family that owned wire mold, uh, which is a great transformation story and, and helped to bring the CEO Art Byrne into wire mold. And, uh, you know, it just, you go back and look at the results of that transformation and it still holds up today. I mean, it's, it's phenomenal. So that, that and some of the early work with consulting firms is really what positioned us uh, and, and it was more about, um, it was more about, uh, you know, us digging in and understanding what are the right questions to ask, where are the right places to look, what's the right type of training mm-hmm. and starting to build a, a profile, if you will, of what does good look like yeah. uh, from a candidate standpoint. And, um, you know, uh, and on the other side, um, what's not the right profile. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, uh, yeah, so early on he, 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 uh, 
he saw that and um and, and prior to recruiting he had been in manufacturing himself so he had um uh it was i think it was a bit of a second nature reaction for him sure and uh, when you talk about what good looks like, um, arguably Art Byrne as a CEO hire uh, was a good, a great right. example that that's that's one to hang your hat on. And um, Art has been a guest on the podcast here. And uh, yeah. I know, uh, the lean community really looks up uh, to Art for what he did at Wire Mold and what, what he's right. taught people right. and how he's influenced people um, afterwards. Um, you know, Jake, I was wondering if you could elaborate. You know, I think it's interesting you point out when looking for talent evaluating leaders, you you mentioned a variation of the 80-20 rule, I guess. You're looking for 80% yeah. related to personality, 20% related to technical skills. Could, could you elaborate on that? Like what 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 are some of the personality traits that maybe that you are looking for? Are there any personality traits that give you pause? Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. So in all the work that we've done and and uh, whether it be hiring senior consultants. For a firm, or whether it be hiring a, a CEO or a VP of operations across, you know, eight plants, um, there, there's a lot of um, similarities, right? There's there's kind of a um, an obsessive persistence, if you will, uh, to to get better, right? It's it's that um, it's just that deep down drive uh, to to not settle. And, and and I don't mean that in the way that it's someone that's going to come in and steamroll people. Uh-huh. I mean, it's it's a way that it's, it's that nag, that nagging, it's that itch, right? That, um, you know, let's get here, but I think we can do better. And let's bring the people along as we do it, right? And, and right. so there's, uh, so there's a, there's a, a trait or a personality uh, makeup of, you know, not settling, uh-huh. um, o- o- always always pushing, but bring the team along with you. Uh-huh. And so there's, right. there's just a significant amount of um, leadership, emotional intelligence that's required to, to lead these transformations. And, right. and if you think about it, you know, a lot of the curls calls that we got early on that we still get is you may have, you know, again, an eight plant division or an eight plant company and, and five or five are underwater. Right. And, and, you know, there's a threat of shutting them down and moving production elsewhere. And, uh, you know, the, the, when you go to search on something like that, you quickly realize there's a category of candidates that, that shy away from that. But yet there's another category that just raises our hand and says, wow, you know, that sounds like fun. You know, that there's, there's, you know, safety, quality, delivery, cost issues, but there's also cultural issues, right? This, this team's been battered or they, 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 they're not aligned or, or, you know, they're, they, they're kind of off in the distance and they don't feel connected. You know, so somebody that raises their hand for that and says, I can, I, that sounds great. Right. That's, that's a different type of person. And, and so when I talk about, when we think about as a firm, you know, transformational executives, it's those people, it's those type of people. They, they raise their hand for those challenges because they know uh, if, if they approach it right, uh, the results are going to be phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I, I love how you emphasize, you know, this idea of, of pushing, but bringing people along. Yeah. Having that balance of, of, of drive without pushing too hard, too fast can, I'm sure lead to, uh, you know, could lead to failure in, in yeah. a role. And, and so maybe there's a broader question to ask you, Jake, um, 
guidance that you might give somebody who is new to an organization. Like they've, they've got great experience, technical skills related to lean or TPS. They have the personality. They have a track record of success. What, what are some of the key points for somebody who's new to an organization that, that, that you would give guidance to make sure that they're more likely to be successful in that new environment? Yeah, I think uh, it's taking the time to get to know the team, right? It, that's that's the first one. Really, really understand what's going on culturally and from a from a, a performance standpoint. Um, don't don't draw any immediate conclusions. Go see for yourself. Uh, and and if if the metrics aren't there, well, grab the data and develop them right. And let's 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 create the foundation or the current state and make sure everybody's clear on it. Yeah. Right. And, and then clearly set the objectives and, and, and do it in a way that uh, you don't set them and walk away. You set them and say, I'm here to help you. Right. And, and so it's a training opportunity uh, every day. Um, but I, I think, um, you know, kind of the, the, the shotgun approach uh-huh. coming in and, and uh, uh, kind of running over people. Probably not a great idea when you're trying to build a sustained uh, improvement and uh, really kind of um, uh, grab the cultures and, and the employees' hearts and minds. Uh, so I, I just, and, and it doesn't mean that it, it, you've got to take uh, a tremendous amount of time, um, you know, up front. But I think it, it, you know, you, these these candidates will know, these people will know when they're starting to connect with the employees and and understand where the hot buttons are. Uh, but I, I think that's the biggest thing is really kind of understand the the current state and help the help the employee base understand where you are and 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 why and why that's an issue. Uh-huh. You know whether it be um, you know whether it be a quality issue, whether it be a lead time issue, whether you know whether it be you know we're missing we're missing you know eighty percent of our delivery times uh, and really digging in and 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 the other piece I think is. Um, trying not to assess blame, mm. right? It's, 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 this is uh you know, it's, it's a group effort. We're in this together. Uh, let's, let's figure it out. And, and, you know, we, we may ask you to kind of put aside uh, your, your traditional experiences and, and think a little bit differently out of the box, mm-hmm. uh, but we'll, we'll help you along the way. Yeah. So when you talk about this need for transformational leaders. I'd, I'd be curious to hear some of your thought process in evaluating, let's say, bringing a candidate from one company into a new company. How to evaluate or, or to, to, to understand, let's say, if somebody is coming from a company that has a relatively long history with lean, you might describe them, nobody's perfect, but as a quote unquote lean culture where they know how to operate and improve within that culture. How, how can we evaluate if somebody can come into a place that's a turnaround situation? If it's their yeah. first true transformation opportunity, does it come back to that just that willingness of, yeah, I want to take that on? Or how, how do you help make sure somebody's really up for that challenge? Yeah, no, good question. I, you know, the willingness of the, the raising of the hand is the first signal, right? Sure. <laughs> that Because um, you may find somebody that's done pieces of that, that, transformation that's sitting in front of them, but, but not all at the same time. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, or they've done chunks at, at different companies. And, and so um, you know, the raising of the hand, first of all, you know, that's, that, that's critical. Um, you know, I, I, but it's, it's, 
a lot of this, I mean, the technical piece, Mark, uh, the technical proficiency and the experience, those are things that are um, not easy to find, but we, we find them pretty readily, right? We've, we've got a, we've got a large network and, and we know how to um, utilize that network. Um, but it always, always comes down to personality, uh-huh. right? If you find someone that is uh, 10 out of 10, technically, right. And they, and, um, but they can't, they can't engage the workforce. It's, 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 it's the transformation's going to be limited. Right. Right. From a performance or from an improvement standpoint. So, you know, what, what we're focused on. So when we do a, uh, when we pick up a new assignment, um, whether it be an existing client or, or a new client that was referred to us, uh, we spent a lot of upfront time really um, understanding current state and future state, uh-huh. right? What, what, what are, you know, what are the issues? Let's, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that for, uh, and, and really get into the details and dig down as to why do you think that's happening? Is it, is it a leadership issue? Is, is it a, uh, is, is it a product development issue? Right. And really dig down and understand, uh, what it is that the problem that they're trying to solve. And, and mm. there are certainly plenty of occasions where they, you know, a client will come to us with, uh, with one spec or one idea of what they think they need. And at the end of that conversation, um, or after talking to a few candidates, we all come to the conclusion that, Hey, I think we were probably 60% right on this, but here's the 40% I think we're missing based on some of these conversations and the dialogue that we've had with candidates and the dialogue you've had with some of the folks that we put in front of you. Um, and, so it's just it's it's always a work in process, and so we we really focus on um, early and often alignment. Mm-hmm. You know, we we are um, we have to have access to the hiring manager and their team, mm-hmm. right? And and uh, we we we're not uh, we are very open in terms of how we communicate. We're feeding back data uh, from. Um, the candidate pool that might affect the search, right? And and um, at the same time, we're we're throwing ideas out there as a team, as as we partner with our clients and and, and that group, we're throwing ideas back and forth, just playing catch ball. Mm. What if we had someone like this? You know, you mentioned this was a concern. Do you think this type of experience would be would be helpful? Mm-hmm. So um, it's really getting aligned around um, what they what the client actually needs. Um, in conjunction with what's available on the market. Uh, and then, you know, through those conversations, you start to get a really, really good sense of what's what's a style within the organization that is successful, mm-hmm. right? And, and part of that for us is we use, uh, we'll use personality assessments. Mm-hmm. And we, um, again, my, my father started this uh, back in 1991, but um, when we were uh, building out consulting firms, um, these were these were jobs. These these folks were traveling five days a week, mm-hmm. you know, forty eight weeks a year. Yeah, right. And so you had to love the work, right? And so we started using personality assessments to understand, uh, you know, who's really reacting positively and who's doing who, who's really working phenomenally well. In, in this, in, in these roles. And we were able to start to build a profile of what that looked like from a personality standpoint. And uh, so again, you know, and then what we would do is we, we would, 
we would test two or three people within the client company that uh, emulate uh, or have the right style for the organization, either that works now or or that they feel is going to work in the future. And then we can, it never makes or breaks someone's candidacy. It just gives you another layer of information to look at, uh-huh. but it, it, it's just really ha- helpful in providing uh, that roadmap. So again, we, we've been saying it for years, it's 80% personality, yep. right? And so our job really becomes not only understanding the technical piece of it, but you know, what's, what's the right style for the organization. Yeah. You know, what, what, what's, what's the type of personality that's going to engage this workforce? Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting, Jake, what, what you're describing elements of your search process sounds, you know, the, there, there are clear parallels to what you were describing in terms of a transformation process for a yeah. new leader coming in. Right. Understanding the current state, understanding right. the issues. And right. then I think as you touched on a willingness to iterate, yeah. Instead of saying, well, ah, we have experience, we know the answers, we know exactly yeah. what's yeah. right. Like testing and evaluating uh, is very much a lean thought process, it seems. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, you think about the market today. And so we're a boutique firm. We're, we're, we're 12 people. Right. And, and uh, we are, you know, we're very specialized uh, around lean, but we work across a broad range of industries. Right. Um, but that, that, need to have flexibility mm-hmm. and really understand on the way into that client conversation that there there there's a group of issues that they're trying to solve and let's let's really dig in as a team to understand what those are but understand that they may they may also shift right and and be willing to make that shift uh in and ultimately help them find the right person that's you know for us uh those relationships are critical for us both client and candidate relationships and if we do our job right, you know, it, 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 those relationships just continue to grow. I mean, it, uh, the, the vast majority of our business is, is uh, repeat and referral, uh-huh. right? And, and so we very uh, rarely find ourselves walking into a shootout with another firm, uh-huh. right? Because of, one, because we're so specialized, but also, two, we, we've probably already been given a warm introduction. Sure. So, Jake, one other question about sort of, you know, a candidate, uh, a person making a leap, you know, kind of talk about from company A to company B within an industry, you know, as you've done a lot of placements in healthcare and the service sector, I want to ask in particular about healthcare. Yeah. Kind of just general thoughts or reflections on people successfully making that leap from manufacturing experience into a healthcare organization. What are you, what are you looking for? What are key success factors? Yeah. Yeah, it's um, uh, it, a lot of it comes down to again personality, um, emotional intelligence, reading your audience, right? So, so when we did um, when we did uh, all the work that that uh, Ted Styles and I accomplished with the Cleveland Clinic, uh-huh. uh, and and then the the work that Ted's done beyond. Uh, it, that was um, really, again, trying to understand what they were trying to accomplish. And then at that point, coming, helping them come to the realization that, look, um, there just isn't a pool of candidates like this that exists in healthcare. There, there wasn't at the time, right? And so we're going to have to think creatively about where we're going to find these people. And so instinctively, um, 
we we knew that we would find these people in manufacturing. Maybe a handful had had uh, moved on to manufacturing, moved into service, but the 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 critical training and technical experience and and knowledge of lean and experience with implementation was gonna was gonna predominantly come from folks that had spent time in manufacturing and and learned it um, through years and years of experience in the right environment. And and, and uh, so, so once once we were able to make them comfortable with that, then it came down to really identifying who are the candidates that can make it in this in, in this environment, right? Because you're going to run into environments where um, they don't they don't want you to come in and use all the Japanese jargon mm-hmm. and, and um, really kind of try to create something that is meaningful to that to that team. And, 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 uh, and, and help create that process, right? You, you, you're, you're using all the same tools and, and it's, it's always back to the basics, right? Uh, with, with the transformation. So you're using all those tools. You just may call them something different. And, and you may do that to engage the team on a higher level or you, you know, to create some ownership. Um, so that, that, that was a tricky part was finding people that were comfortable um, kind of walking into new environments that uh, that had showed success. So we looked at people that had worked in manufacturing. Maybe they worked across a wide range of manufacturing companies, different, you know, totally different transformations, different challenges. Uh, but somehow they always were able to kind of were able to drive the right results, right? Uh, sustained results. And so those were the people that we we're looking for, the people that that were going to. Um, Sort of look at the opportunity with healthcare, um, understand and really appreciate the value proposition because it's hard not to, uh-huh. right? And and understand that hey, I've um, I'm going to move from the shop floor. I'm going to be wearing a suit and tie every day. The work is the same. How I engage the team is a little differently. Is a, is a bit different, but that's okay. Yeah. Right. It, it, because at the end of the day, it's all about it's it's relationships. It's um, it's uh, uh, again, understanding the current state and the future state, helping identify the gaps, helping the, you know, helping the team see where the gaps were and, and really pulling that team together and and uh, helping them get to the right answer or answers. Uh-huh. So that that that's how we did it. You know, there was. Um, uh and that's how we continue to do it. You know, now there's a there there's a a larger pool of candidates uh, within healthcare. Obviously, so you can find people that have transformation experience in healthcare. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I wouldn't let that. Uh, but don't limit don't limit your candidate pool just mm-hmm. to healthcare because there are a lot of very good uh, transformational executives that have proven themselves in a variety of industries that that can that can. Yeah, uh, bridge that gap. Yeah, and you know, it seems like, I mean, here's my observation uh, about healthcare. I want to hear your reaction, of course, Jake. Um, Seems for a number of reasons, healthcare is more likely to bring people in from the outside into, let's say, an internal lean facilitator role, or maybe bring them in as a VP of whatever they call it, VP of. Yeah. Operational excellence or VP of continuous improvement. Um, it seems far less common for healthcare to bring somebody in as um, you know a, a line executive sort of role. Um, I'm curious if, if if that's your observation as well. Have you seen people make 
a leap from kind of you know internal lean specialist role into a role more directly leading part of a health system. Yeah, I think that's I, it, it, we we have the same observation, okay. right? I, I, and I think it's unfortunate that it doesn't I, happen. I'd more, agree uh, because yeah. I think you you and I both know in the transformation stories in healthcare uh, that that we've seen, uh, you know, the ones that really stick up out there are ones that it had. A um, it may have brought somebody from the outside that didn't have that experience. Uh, you you had a bit of an enlightened leader, mm-hmm. a CEO uh, that was willing to take some risks, and so so I, I I agree, I agree with that statement, and I and uh, uh, you know again I think it's unfortunate uh, because I I do think that at times it can it can hamstring the transformation process a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, but but uh, on on the other hand, if you have a uh, if you have an executive leader that you know is willing to raise his or her hand and say, "Look, I just don't understand this. I know we need to do something different. Uh, I just don't understand how to get there because we're not getting there in our it, it, with our current process. Can you come and partner with me and help me understand?" And they're willing to to make some of those those uh, you know make the changes required. That's that's a, that's a strong partnership as well, yeah. right? And, and um, so there's a benefit to that because the the executive leader already knows the found you know knows the landscape, knows the players, right? And uh, he or she can provide some uh, some ground support. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, in general, and, and the right trans, uh, transformational executive should be able to walk into just about any environment and and with a little a little bit of work uh-huh. really understand where the pain points are um, and most importantly engage the workforce around how do we start to close those gaps right and you know there's maybe this is a hypothesis um, but it would be interesting to see what would happen. Let's say if there's a, a large health system that's very committed to their lean journey, just thinking out loud here, if let's say they had a system chief operating officer role, would they bring in somebody from, let's say, another industry who had done that same role in a different environment? Or if they were looking for a hospital CEO, would they bring in somebody who had previously been, let's say, a business unit CEO with P&L responsibility? couple thousand employees. Like it seems like there would be leadership experience and business savvy that would be transferable. But healthcare, again, this is just, you know, observation. And yeah. I think it's unfortunate. Uh, it seems very rarely recruits from the outside when I, it yeah. sounds like you and I are suggesting, gosh, there are transferable leadership skills and experiences that could potentially be brought. Yeah. 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 No, I, I I agree with that. And again, um if that's the case, but you've got a you've got uh, a uh, uh, an enlightened CEO, right? That that you know has a little bit of that um, uh, obsessive or, or uh, per- persistence uh, to not want to settle. Mm-hmm. Again, you 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 link them up with the right personality and experience, transformational executive. I I think they can make a win. Um, I, I don't know that I, you know, to your point, Mark, I don't know that I see that changing in healthcare. 
that's that's not like other industries, right? We we in in manufacturing or even in service, we can take a, a CEO out of a, a a new environment based on their experience or an environment based on their experience and put them into a new environment, uh-huh. and they they can be you know they can be tremendously successful. Yeah. Um, but it's uh, it just feels like a uh, uh, it feels like a stretch that healthcare is not really willing or interested in taking. So, so Jake, maybe let's, you know, we've got an opportunity here to, you know, pick your brain about sure. some broader trends when it comes to, you know, talent and uh, recruiting and hiring and retention, you know, as you're working with companies that are doing a search, you know, how, how do you counsel them when it seems like a very competitive market for talent the most in the last couple of years? Are, are there differences in the approach when it comes to re- retaining a firm for a search or just hiring in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The market, uh, the landscape of the market certainly changed, uh, and, and it is it, it remains a very, very competitive candidate candidate driven market, and uh, uh, we remain very, very busy, and uh, we are we are working very closely with our clients to to. Um, Help alleviate their pain and 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 uh, counsel them on on exactly what you just described. So the, uh, you know, first of all, it's it's the early and often alignment, right, um, and the willingness to flex to changing conditions, right, and, and um, so we we try to create that partnership, you know, r- right off the bat with that, you know, with that client. Um, I think in this type of market. Um, it's it's important to be very much in lockstep with your client on sort of what are the boundaries of what they're willing to accept in terms of experience level. You know, is it someone that you know is ready for that next step, or or is it somebody that's been around the block a few times that you know? And, and so what are the and, and so we we have those conversations and 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 you know based on our experience we we'll, we'll counsel them in one direction or the other, or we'll say look let's let's look at both and and see what happens. Right, we'll show you a range of candidates. Um, I think the critical thing, though, that we're finding is, um, you know, it's a conversation around, look, you, you hired us, we're going to align with you, we're going to go to market, and we're going to find you the best candidates. We're not going to show you 15 candidates, we're going to show you five. Hmm. But if we're doing our job right, if that first candidate is the right one, mm-hmm. you need to be ready to make a move. On ah, mm-hmm. So, you, we, so you, need to have a, you need to have a buttoned up process, buttoned up vetting process on the client side. And we talk about this, all this uh, during our intake calls um, and really have a good understanding of, uh, you know, what are the gaps you're, you're, you're trying to really fill? Um, what's that experience look like? And we help them through the, all these conversations um, and just know that uh, if, if we, if we uh, put candidates on the back burner that are really good, Mm-hmm. Um, we're likely to, to lose them. So what's happening now and what has been happening for the last two and a half years is, you know, our, our, our job is really to go out and find passive candidates, uh, candidates that weren't necessarily looking when we called them. So when we do that, what is happening is usually uh, because we, we, we got them to think about something different and they've expressed interest, uh, usually within, within a couple of weeks, they've accepted a few other calls, right? And and so there may be two other companies 
that they're they're in conversations with. And uh, so the need for kind of accuracy, alignment, uh, speed, uh, but and I don't say speed over thoroughness in terms of betting. I think it's a combination and uh, really being in lockstep around, look, this is what we think the right candidate looks like when we see it. Uh-huh. We're, we may push you to make to, to make an offer. Right. And, and we can give you all the background data and have all those discussions around other people in the, the pipeline and sort of and, and help you in that conversation. But if you need to move or it's a second candidate, let's let's move. And um, be, because you've never. I don't think there's ever been a case where a candidate was interviewing with a company for six months where at the end of that process, they get an offer. Yeah. Uh, and. and they accept or they don't accept, but it, the, the the reaction is the reaction reaction is never wow that was a great process, mm-hmm. right? You always hear about the stories where, hey, I I had a conversation with the CEO or the or the uh, the board on on Thursday, they flew me in Monday, and uh, by Wednesday, they they said I was the person and they had an offer to me, mm-hmm. right? And, and so it's um, I, so I think it's just to be really clear and consistent on what you're looking for. Um, you know, and I, I, again, we go back to personality being 80% of the game. I mean, you may find a candidate, uh, we may unco- uncover a candidate and say, look, um, technically this person's got 60% of what you're looking for, but personality wise, they've got 110. Mm-hmm. You need to talk to this person. And if you can, let's get them in Friday or let's get them in over the weekend uh, let's, let's have these conversations and that, that personality match trumps, right. Trumps everything else. Right. Right. Because again, if you're looking for transformational leadership, it's around how do you engage the workforce, mm-hmm. you know, and you need, you need the right personality, the right leadership experience and, and, and the right playbook. Yeah. So yeah. Does that answer your question? Yeah, it, it, it does. And you, you bring up a lot of, you know, there's some key points there. One, I think, the general lean thinking about flow, right? Whether it's flow of a patient through an emergency room or the flow of a product through a manufacturing facility, you know, you you raise a key point, Jake, is that, you know, speed can't, you know, we we, we don't want trade-offs between speed and quality. So when we have an, an, an intentional process, right? When we're taking out delays, we can improve flow and make higher quality decisions that are also faster right. decisions. And, you know, it seemed like there's an opportunity, you know, for, for organizations to look at their hiring process and, you know, yeah. not just doing the work faster, but eliminating the delays when it comes to communication right. or discussions. Right. It seems like that's the key to being able to move more quickly and not lose a candidate to another yeah. offer. Yeah. 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 And, and just high communication, mm-hmm. you know, our, our phones are always on, right. That, you know, we, we, it's, it's, uh, absolutely not uncommon for us to be on the phone on the weekends or at night with clients or candidates uh, or references or, uh, you know, just in an effort to continue the momentum. Yeah. And, you know, it seems like what what, what I hear you saying, I think, is, you know, part of this iteration is looking at maybe uh, a profile of an ideal candidate but then thinking through, well, if we can't find the ideal candidate, what dimensions are most important? Yeah. What are we willing to, to, to bend or take a bit of a risk right. on? Right. Right. What are we willing to flex on? 
flux. Yeah. Right. You know, it, it, and and that all goes back to that that uh, that initial intake call, but uh, the ongoing conversations you're having with clients around what's going on, you know, what's going on in the business, or what you know, what's what's changed, and uh, you know, have you thought about this? Have you thought about this? I, or I understand why you're asking for this, but have you thought about this? Right, and right. and a lot of that comes from um, look, we've got a good team, we've got a good uh, seasoned team that is very good at picking up cues and, and just listening to clients and listening to candidates as they explain their, their journey. Yeah. Right. And, and, and things will just pop out and you'll say, huh, that's, you know, that really makes a lot of sense. And I'm not sure the clients thought about this mm-hmm. and, and you'll dig deeper in there and then you come back with that information and, and you're, you know, you're excited about it, right. You, you, you're, you're in the process, you're part of the team and, and, um, but it's, it's, uh, it's critical. I mean, that, that speed, flexibility, thoroughness and alignment, those are all, uh, tremendously important uh-huh. in, in this market, uh, for sure. Yeah. So Jake, what advice would you have for a listener who's thinking about changing jobs, um, advice in particular about working with a recruiter, um, working with a retained search firm like Styles Associates? Yeah, I, this is uh, Mark. As, as we've kind of touched on, and I, as I, as we've talked about in the past, this has been a crazy market, a totally candidate-driven market, and uh, the um, candidates candidates that are making a move solely on compensation increase, uh-huh. um, it probably isn't the right thing to do, right? Uh, it's 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 got to be a fit. There's going to be a correction at some point. I can't tell you when, but there's going to be a correction at some point in terms of compensation. And um, so you need to continue to make job moves for the right reasons. Uh, you know, and it should be a combination of you know, transformation. Sounds incredible. Uh, you know, maybe I'm maybe I've got to hit the level. Uh, I've gone as far as I can in my current organization um, and I'm ready for a new challenge and they don't have it right now. And that's why I'm looking and, and my family and I are up for a move. Uh, right. So it's got to, it's, it's got to, it's just got to fit and it, it can't be solely on compensation. Yeah. Right. Um, and the other advice I'd have for, for candidates is uh, you know, behavior wise, make sure you're not burning bridges, mm. right? right. You, you, you can't do it. Burning bridges with your current employer, uh, your, fir- your future employer, or, or, or a trusted recruiter that you've been working with. Yeah. Um, and because it's just going to come back around at you at right. some point. Right. 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 So, uh, you know, it, it just, it just make the move for the right reasons. Uh-huh. That's it. You know, that's, that's, that's what I tell you. And, and, uh, and the rest should fall into place. Yeah. But when it comes to looking for that opportunity, if someone is shifting from passive to active candidate, um, you know, there, there's job postings out on different employer websites yeah. versus, for example, going to your website and, um, you know, submitting a resume and yeah. trying to start that relationship with, with somebody at styles or 
a retained search firm is a path maybe uh, you know, that, that, that's a path people might not think about if they're thinking, well, just look on the company websites. The recruiter yeah. is yeah, yeah. a different path. Yeah, it was a different path. So I, I think it, 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 but, but the same reason they, they, they move from passive to, uh, uh, or the reason that they're moving from passive to active, there should be consistency in that thought, right? Around why am I doing this? What is it about my current situation I'm not enjoying? Uh-huh. Uh, is it location? Is it is it is it is it the culture isn't right? Um, is it uh, is it that I feel like I'm being underutilized? Uh, and it could be I feel like I'm being underpaid, right? For the, for the job I'm asking, where they're asking me to continue to to do more and more, yet my compensation is increasing, right? And um, just be, you know, as you're thinking about, if you're going to move from passive to active, be thinking about those things. Why, why am I really looking? What am I really looking for? Um, those are the conversations you should be having with a, with a trusted recruiter or a firm, uh, and say, Hey, just keep me in mind. This is ideal. But if you find something like this, I'm willing to flex. And because as soon as, as soon as you get serious uh, about a potential new role, a good recruiter is going to dig into all those motivations mm-hmm. because, you know, if a, if a client company and a recruiter come to the conclusion that you're just doing it for compensation, they, they're likely to walk away mm-hmm. because it's not good for the client company. It's not good for the recruiter. And it's at the end, in the end, it's not good for the candidate either. Sure. Um, so you know, just, just be thoughtful about why, you know, why you're making those moves and play it out and talk to people about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, you know, I want to get your reaction, Jake, to, you know, it seems like, you know, advice that I would give people if they're not looking for a change and a recruiter reaches out to you, uh, email or LinkedIn message, and you're not looking, you know, it seems like it's good form to not just delete or blow off the message that you can either make suggestions about other people in your network, or even just, is, is it good advice to to at least reply and reach out and say, well, I'm not looking right now, but like what, 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 what should somebody do to try to build a relationship with a recruiter yeah. that might yeah. uh, be helpful in the future? Yeah. Hey, that's, that, that's it. You know, Hey, I, I, I've only got about a minute to talk here, but, and I'm not looking um, maybe tell me what you're looking for and I'll keep it in mind. And if I think, think of anybody, I'll certainly send them your way. I'm, you know, and, and in the future, I'd like to stay in touch. It's pretty easy. Mm-hmm. Right. Pretty easy yeah. uh, stuff. And, and uh, uh, you know, a lot of the work we're doing, Mark, is executive level. Uh, so those, you know, and and for us, it's typically um, if it's a new candidate that we haven't talked to, uh, we probably have connections to them already that they figured out and, and we figured out. And, and it's, uh, you know, those are great conversations. It can be, hey, you know, that's I understand you're not looking, but is there anybody in your network you think might kind of a, for whom this might appeal? And uh, they're they're typically very, very gracious with their time. Right. And 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 same for us. They may call us with questions around the market or they make it, you know, and, and we'll we'll take the time to chat with them as well. Mm-hmm. Well, on the follow up, you, you, you talked about compensation and the fact that a correction might be coming, um, it would be a correction to like, what have been the trends? You're seeing a trend of, you know, uh, increasing compensation that goes in line with increased demand for talent then? 
Yeah, yeah. You know, so I think there's obviously been been uh, pretty significant increases in compensation and um, in situations where um, we've had uh, candidates have been actively looking and they've uh, uh, they've received offers which have been good, you know, maybe above typical increases, mm-hmm. uh, which is the norm in this market. but. Then they receive a counter offer, an exorbitant counter, a counter offer from their current employer, and they take it. Those are some of the corrections that I, that I think you're going to see, right? Um, I, I think those, uh, uh, and I, I couldn't tell you when. I just instinctively, I think we we feel that that's going to happen at some point. And if you're leaving yourself out there as the highest paid person mm. on the team by a long by a long way, mm-hmm. you know, it, 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 um, uh, and you, you know, and, and we have a theory about counter offers too, <laughs> right. I, I was if, if, you accept, <laughs> if you accept a counter offer, right. You're, um, you know, your company, um, uh, knew that, uh, obviously knew that you were looking and something wasn't going on. And if they don't take the time to really understand what the issue was and, and yet they just give you the counter offer, um, you may be, you may be short, uh, it, it may not be a long, long career. Right. But, uh, yeah. So I, I, again, just instinctively, as we talk about it as a team, there will be a correction for that type of stuff. I mean, um, it's, it's just bound to happen. Yeah. So when, when it comes to counter offers, I mean, there's a school of thought, there's advice that floats around that says it's a bad idea to accept the counter offer. If you've told your current employer that you're leaving, that accepting a counter offer can can lead to issues down the road. What what, what are your thoughts? Is is that general advice, or is it very is it more situational than saying never accept a counter offer? Look, I, I think it's situational, right? I think it's I think it's very situational. Um, but again, if if you've moved from passive to active, and you're you're really consistent on why you're making the move, then a counter offer probably doesn't make sense. Uh-huh. You know, unless the company says, well, I didn't, you know, I didn't realize that we'd love to hang on. And, and you weren't looking because, you know, the candidate wasn't looking because they didn't like the culture. Uh-huh. Right. And the, the company says, well, why don't we do this? Right. And and it, and it kind of hits eight out of the 10, you know, then then maybe it makes sense. But, um, you know, again, just be consistent on your thinking and why you're, you know, why you're making the move. Uh-huh. And uh, I, I think if you accept a counter offer and it goes against all that prior consistent thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, then it's probably not the right move. Yeah. Uh, so, so Jake, as, as we wrap up here, you know, t- tell us a little bit more about the types of companies that Styles Associates work with. Uh, I know it's across different industries, but talking about like you know smaller, medium, large sized companies, um, the profile of the ownership, how many of them are, are public, private, private equity companies. It's uh, uh, Mark. It's a pretty wide variety. Right. So we work with companies of, of just about all sizes. So we certainly work with uh, large publicly traded companies um, uh, domestically and abroad. Uh, and but we're also easily 50 plus percent of our work is for uh, private equity portfolio companies um, that can range from, uh, again, 25 million to to, to multi-billion international organizations, right? So it's a really wide range. 
of companies that we support. And then uh, industry-wise, uh, quite a bit of work still in manufacturing, uh, 70% probably still in manufacturing, but that's every type of manufacturing you can think of, whether it be food or chemicals or it be discrete, uh, you know, large commercial vehicles to uh, um, to bicycles to uh, again food. It's it's all over the bay. It's all over the map. Sure. And then uh, uh, obviously we we do uh, uh, quite a bit of work in healthcare, and uh, um, uh, and have for a number of years. And then, but we're also doing work just in in straight service industry, whether it be financial services, insurance. Uh, it's um, it's it, you know more transactional environments, so we're very capable and have a lot of experience in those areas. And so um, we uh, uh, it, it, the, the calls really come as a result of our our ability to identify trans you know transformational executives um, that can uh, that can walk into a number of different environments and and drive the right results and and engagement levels right so we're not um, uh, it, that's just how it works for us mm-hmm. so we're, we're fairly spread out yeah and as you work with candidates it seems like they're you know, we've already touched on some of the leaps somebody might yeah. make in their career from one company to another from one type of manufacturing to another there might also be that leap of let's say uh, working for a private equity owned company for the first time are, are there any different considerations that you see for somebody who is possibly taking that step in their career. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think, again, it's just, it's understanding how you like to work mm-hmm. and, and what your expectations are and what you're trying to accomplish in, in your own career. Uh, you know, it, um, the, the pace typically in, a, in, in private equity can be uh, uh, quite a bit faster Mm-hmm. than in a publicly traded organization. So you, you need to recognize that. And, and if that's something, it's, if you've been working in publicly traded organizations for a long time, and um, you know, if, it's, if it's an organization that has red tape and a lot of bureaucracy, um, you know, it, 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 and you want to move at a faster pace, then you know, it, it, that might be a good, good reason to look. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so, uh, but again, the, the, a lot of the people that we've, a lot of the executives that we've worked with, uh, let's say specifically on the private executive, uh, private equity side, they spent their the earlier portions of their career in publicly traded companies, getting you know very very solid training and and the foundation needed to be successful moving forward, right? So there's um, it just depends on where you're going, but uh, uh, I think that's the biggest difference is 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 typically can be the pace. Yeah. Well, well, Jake, thank you for um, being here on the podcast today. Um, again, our guest has been Jake Styles, CEO of Styles Associates. If you are looking to hire, if you are a candidate looking for uh, a, a, a change, you can uh, reach out to them. Their website is leanexecs.com if, if you want to learn more, or at least start that conversation. This has been a, a great first introduction to uh, this is our first time doing this, so it, it was enjoyable. Yeah. Okay, well, good. Well, Jake, thanks again. Thanks again for being a guest. You're welcome. Well, again, to learn more about Jake and Styles Associates, look for links in the show notes. You can go to leanexecs.com or you can go to leanblog.org slash 456. Thanks for listening. This has been the Lean Blog Podcast. 
For lean news and commentary updated daily, visit www.leanblog.org. If you have any questions or comments about this podcast, email mark at leanpodcast at gmail.com.